0: Weddings ish, 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 -ish, -ish. with John. Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings-ish with Jove. This episode, my wedding planning tip is all about selecting the perfect venue for your perfect day. Of course, we have our Real Housewives Roundup and cover New York City and Orange County, so juicy. And I sit down with the lovely, smart, beautiful blogger, creative consultant, stylist, and my past bride, Nicolette Mason. We chat all about her wedding, her career, and so much more. Enjoy! Weddings-ish! Picking the right wedding venue is such an important part of the wedding planning process. It's actually the beginning of the wedding planning process. You get engaged, you figure out the guest count, you figure out the budget, and then you move forward and find the best venue for your big day. But oftentimes, couples get a little bit lost and confused in this process because they fall in love with a space that may be too small for them or too big for them, or they fall in love with a space that may cost too much for them, or doesn't really offer for everything they need or sometimes offers more than they need. So when thinking about your wedding venue, you want to sort of think what's happening in this space? Is your ceremony offsite? Or is your ceremony in the same place as the cocktail hour, dinner, and dancing? So that's the first thing. Ceremony here or ceremony not here. And then you want to think about how much flexibility and freedom you want in the planning process. Meaning, do you want a full-service venue that has catering, staff, rentals, bar already included? Or are you looking for an empty space where you can bring in your own vendors, your own caterer, your own rentals? So second thing is full-service service versus empty space. And the third, and I would say most important thing is definitely the size of the venue. Is this venue big enough for the guest count? And what you need to make sure to do is plan for the largest possible guest count you could have. So if you're inviting 200, do not book a space for 150, hoping 50 people cancel or don't show up or can't make it. Because the reality is, people may love you more than you think, and they may show up and you won't have space for them. And the last thing you want is to spend all this time, energy, and money on a wedding and have it in a space that's just too small for everything you want to do. So you want to make sure that the space is perfect for you, not only in aesthetic and in style, but in size. And I think often couples overlook this and they think, oh, no worries. I can fit something somewhere. The ceremony, yeah, we'll find a place for that. We'll have everyone stand up or everyone can sort of fit in this area, right? If you don't have a planner, then make sure you ask the venue. What is the maximum capacity of this space? And honestly, if they say the max capacity is 250, i come in a little bit less. You don't want people to be tight or uncomfortable and their job is a sales job. So they're going to tell you the most number of people that can fit, but the ideal number you'd want to fit. You want to ask them, what is your sweet spot? What is the best number for the space? And also... A lot of couples just go see a ton of spaces. If you're not going to have a planner and you're going to start the process yourself and find your own venue, congratulations to you. It's a lot of work. You should totally do it. But make sure you're only seeing venues that can fit your wedding. It's pretty crazy to go see 10, 15 venues If half of them are way too small for you, you're wasting your time, you're wasting the venue's time, and you're just sort of going to get stressed out because you're going to feel like you're doing so much work and not getting a lot of result. So you want to find a venue that's the right price that's the right size, and does allow you to do what you want to do in the space, meaning bring in your own caterer or work with their in-house caterer, depending how hands-on you want to be, how much time you have to plan, and also how picky you are about the food and beverage. Uh, Oftentimes, if it's a restaurant, the food and beverage is amazing, but if it's a catering hall or one of these venues that just books weddings every weekend, nonstop, all the time, chicken or salmon, chicken or salmon, then perhaps that may not be the right fit for you if you want something a little bit nicer in terms of food. So those are the things you need to think about when booking a venue. It's the first part of your journey in the planning process. So don't rush it. Don't take it lightly. It's an important decision and make sure you do it well. Weddings-ish. The Real Housewives Roundup. Ooh, New York City is heating up just like this summer. Luann storms out of a dinner because no one will respect her. No one supports her. I wonder when she's going to get a clue that being engaged to someone you've dated for less than a month who slept with half of the other housewives is probably not a good idea. And I love that Sonia and this man, her now fiancé, have been fuck buddies for like 10 years. And she's so like, chill about it she's like oh yeah i'd sleep with younger men or he'd sleep with other women and we would also sleep with each other just totally nonchalant about having sex with luann's fiance so good luck luann i hope it works out well for you Um, Carol, on the other hand, at that dinner, basically was like, that's what friends do. They talk about them when they're not here. She cracks me up. I love how honest she is, but she's also being a little bit rude and insensitive about, uh, Jules's eating disorder. I mean, that was powerful and I commend her for being so open and honest on TV about the issues she's struggling with, but Wow that is difficult. And to know that, you know, just a few days before filming, she threw up her meal. I mean, that's a serious a serious thing to be going through and she needs support and she needs help. And I would agree that the women maybe aren't being as supportive as they should be, but at the same note, they're not best friends. Like I probably wouldn't tell my coworker something super sensitive and life altering about my life and dump it on them and sort of expect their support and help when they barely even know me. So it's a little strange. And she harped on Bethany about how mean she's being and talking about her marriage behind her back. Well, if she is, it's probably warranted. I mean, they're getting divorced. It's over. So, you know, it must have been really awkward hanging out with a couple when they're on their way out. The tension is clear on the show, so I can't even imagine in person how crazy that was. So anyways, who knows? And then Rocco and Sonia, I mean, she's being matched up by Jules. They're both pretty clueless and airheads. And, you know, of course, the hostess Sonia loves to talk about etiquette. (laughs) And she has all her free labor, her interns who crack me up. They're like grown people living in New York City. Like, how do you survive living in New York City, working for Sonia with no pay as an intern when you're 30? Like, come on. I don't know, to be honest, the episode was a little bit of a bore for me. Um, I'm happy that Sonia and Bethany ended their fight and finally like made up on the way to Mohegan <laughs> Casino. But I just really, I don't know, I want more from this season. It started off really juicy, and now I feel like it's falling off. And we basically have like three friend groups, Jules and Dorinda, Carol and Bethany, and Luann and Sonia. So hopefully they can either all come together or... I don't know, just give me some more drama. You're the housewives. Moving on to the real housewives of Orange County, Also, starting off with a snore fest. Woohoo! Vicky's daughter Brianna's finally moving back to Orange County. It's amazing how shocked Vicky is that her daughter's finally moving home when her daughter couldn't have been more clear. You picked Brooks over me, so I'm leaving. If you leave Brooks, I'll come home. I mean, how insane is Vicky that she loves a man who fakes having cancer over her own daughter who's sick and has two children. Like, to me, it's just crazy. It's ludicrous. I don't know. I can't get over Vicky and this whole casserole thing. Like, I'm over this season being all about Brooks, who's no longer here, Last season, it was intense. It was amazing. It was great TV when he was lying and finally got caught in the action. But what I don't want is this whole season to be about the girls fighting over the past and eventually making up with Vicky. Wrap it up, get over it, do what Jesus would do, love her anyways, and move on. Speaking of moving on... I. Heather's trying to move on with her house. I mean, this house is going to be insane. She's now picking ice cubes. I mean, how fancy that you had an option when it comes to ice cubes. I mean, secretly, I'm jealous because I would absolutely love to have multiple options for my guests when they wanted a beverage. Oh, let me give you the hexagonal ice cube or the diamond ice cube. She's pretty fancy and I love it. Oh, Kelly, you are the lady that brings the party and you're the only one on Team Vicky this season. I love that she kisses Shannon's husband almost in the mouth, like he's already had an affair, they're finally healing, and then she's like, that's the most action I've gotten in a long time. I just feel like if you're having marital problems or you're not in a happy relationship or you're not in a happy place in your life with your family, don't go on national television and air that. I just feel like you're asking for trouble and something, you know, the track record of housewives is they come on the show married and by the time they're off the show, they're divorced or single. So it's pretty likely that things are going to go downhill with that relationship at some point. Um, Casseroles, casseroles, casseroles. Vicky, nobody's going to bring you a casserole. Also, who brings someone a casserole? Like if I was hurt or in a bad place or something went wrong in my life, don't bring me a casserole. And the women of Orange County definitely don't eat the carbs that are inside a casserole. Like this whole thing has just got to go. And we need to move on from Brooks and move on from the past and come up with something new and better because I'm over Brooks and his fake ass cancer. Weddings-ish. I couldn't be more excited to be sitting across from the beautiful, sweet, lovely, and talented Nicolette Mason, consultant, stylist, travel enthusiast, blogger, and just beautiful human being. Oh my God, thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. How the heck are you doing on this beautiful New York City day? I'm
1: doing really well. It's been a really crazy, busy, amazing year. Good. And I want to talk about that. And your purse is beautiful. Thanks.
0: pink, it's which we pink. know is my color. It is your color. Um,
1: but I'm really excited that we're also at the white. Yeah. because this is where Allie and I got married. Yep. So that's pretty exciting. And
0: that's also how we met, which is super exciting. It is. Um, I met you because you emailed me. Mm-hmm. Was it you or Allie? I feel like it I was emailed. you. Yeah. Nicolette emailed me saying she was getting married and she wanted to have a roster of same-sex wedding vendors, mm-hmm. which I thought was amazing. Yeah. Um, and now here we are over a year later. Yes. You Recently celebrated your one year anniversary. Yeah,
1: in May. Um, I can't believe it's already been a year. But yeah, I was recommended to you by, or you were recommended to me rather by Erica Beckman mm-hmm. from Clean Plate Pictures, the photographer. And she's an incredible photographer, mm-hmm. and I've known her. For years, just through the queer community, uh-huh. um, an ex of mine actually, like, interned for her, I okay. think, so... <laughs> it's such a small world um, sometimes. Small world, <laughs> small world, but anyways, I got the friend in the end, and um, yeah, I, I think, like, a thing that was really exciting and important to us was that, like, you know, Doma was overturned just a month after our wedding, mm-hmm. and... There had been so much conversation about same sex marriages and what impact that has. On business, what impact that has on the broader community, Mm -hmm. and it was just so important to us, especially in the wake of so many vendors denying same sex couples their business, um, to work with LGBT vendors and really support within our community. And um, you know, it's our decision to have a wedding. So if the decisions that we make can also be conscious and ethical, and thoughtful that was a really important thing for us to be able to do yeah it was super
0: inspiring for me as a gay person in the business world when you said that I was like wow I was taken aback in the best possible (laughs) way and I thought this is amazing and it's not that you're choosing not to work with people who aren't gay or gay friendly but why not support those people who are talented and gay yeah. at a time that sort of was, you know,
1: yeah, absolutely. really turbulent. That yeah. was
0: really amazing. Even
1: just to be conscious about working with independent businesses and mm-hmm. with female owned businesses, like that felt just really, really good to yeah. be able to support those companies. And um, you know, like I'm a female entrepreneur yeah. and I'm I'm a gay female entrepreneur. Yeah. So there's just a lot of there, that I think it's important to support within our own communities and really give back.
0: And you know what it's like. And I think it's a huge thing when I sort of talk to any couple, when I match them with a the vendor, it's always thinking about the personality, mm-hmm. the price, but also the product of right. that vendor and always supporting small businesses first always because we always, know what it's always. like to work
1: yes exactly um, and
0: we're gonna talk all about your wedding and i can't wait but i want to hear a little bit more from your mouth because i know you're a blogger mm-hmm. you, you work with marie claire you've been published everywhere big you name it. your <laughs> name has been there Twenty Not like everywhere mm-hmm. so what do you do for a living
1: So I am a freelance creative consultant and brand strategist. I do everything from styling for red carpet events Mm -hmm. to styling for editorials to working with Really big brands on creating their clothing collections. Um, I've done two capsule collections of my own where okay. I designed a dress collection for Additionnel, which is an wow. amazing Canadian retailer. And I also did a um, capsule collection with ModCloth. Uh, they're an online retailer based out of San Francisco. And it's really, really fun because I get to be creative every day and also no two days look alike. Sure. Which is For me personally, the best thing ever. Like I, um, like to be able to experiment and also like continue my learning process, Mm -hmm. um, as a creative individual and really, you know, broaden the horizons of what I can do and what my capacity is to do and learn. And, um, especially in a professional capacity. Yeah. So, um, I just, I like doing different things every day and always feeling like I'm playing and not working. Not working.
0: Um,
1: I think that's just like the biggest privilege in your career. If you can feel like you're just having fun every day, every single and day, getting
0: paid to do. It. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's literally my dream job and, um, I don't know, a lot of people are like, how do you know that you've made it? Like, when was that moment? I was like, I, I haven't had that moment yet. Sure. I hope I never have that moment yeah. because then things it's might downhill. start feeling comfortable. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, so every day I just wake up like feeling very, very excited. And it's been a lot of fun. I've I've had- Some amazing experiences
0: along the way. Absolutely. I mean your Instagram shows that. It's It's, sort of like a dream life via photos. Right. (laughs) That takes you everywhere. So you're not just here in New York City anymore, but you split your time between a few places.
1: I split my time predominantly between New York and LA. And then my work also affords me the ability to travel a lot. Mm -hmm. And I I get to travel um, to visit clients um i work with target a lot they're based in minneapolis which mm-hmm. is actually like the most lovely city ever and people in minneapolis are the nicest is that where the Surprisingly mall of america very is? gay also yes but i've never been to the mall of no mall of
0: america for you no
1: i mean there's there's actually a lot of great like independent boutiques Got and it. small businesses there so um obviously i love target that's my big like big mm-hmm. box destination but, um, yeah, Minneapolis is a lot of fun, and I get to travel to London a lot for oh, wow. work. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of all over the place, but mostly New York, L.A. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: I grew up in L.A., and L.A. and I... around in L.A.? In West L.A.
0: Okay, I'm from Orange and, County.
1: Yeah, and so... Um, Allie and I, last March, kind of decided to, like, make the transition over to L.A., and then um, <laughs> we kept our place in New York. I knew I'd still be back here a lot for work, and it's kind of worked out that I'm back and forth, like, almost 50% of the yeah. time, and so I do, like, one week here, one week on the West Coast, um, and we live on the East Side there, and it's just, it's been a lot of fun to be able to, like, do the best To of live both in both worlds. worlds. Yeah. To be
0: bi-coastal, have you?
1: Yeah. I know I hate saying that it's so cringy but it's It's. I mean I'm like actually by bi- if I feel like if I have to pay for two places I yes. at least get to say that I am buy coastal yes. yeah um, I think if you're hotel
0: hopping it's different
1: Hotel hopping is is very different. Yeah. Air being being different. Sure. Staying on a friend's couch like that does not count. No, you have two but apartments. Exactly. Like I pay utilities in two places. Yeah. Like <laughs> at least give me factor. this. Give me give me this title. I love that. <laughs> now, but didn't
0: you redo one of your? Was it your balcony here or in LA that was redone after oh, the wedding?
1: I yeah. So I worked with. Um, that was actually a project that I did with Target, and I worked with a really great designer. Out of uh, North Carolina, named Jamie Meir. She owns a company called Furbish Studio, mm-hmm. and it's a really great interiors and decor. Um, they have a store and then they also have their website for okay. studio.com. Um, and so I worked with them to redecorate our rooftop in yeah. L.A. And that was a lot of fun. I also worked with them with Emily Henderson on doing the interiors of our home. Okay, So we did our living room, kitchen, dining with Emily Henderson and Target. And it was just a lot of fun to like be able to start... Um, really fresh with Allie, I and yeah. we moved there together, it, it was wasn't, your home. It's our home together, yeah. and that was a big change because our place here I've been in for it's, your apart- it's, was it's your my apartment apart- yeah yeah yeah, and still definitely feels like my all apartment pink. right it's like all pink and teal and so uber feminine and I sometimes I feel like so bad about that, but not I know Ali, Ali at all. yeah, but. But I have to say, in all fairness, like Allie is many things. She's not an aesthetic person Got in it. general. Um, so I don't even know like what Allie's design point of would view be. would be. Because Interesting. you know, when we met, when she lived in her own place, it was like, you know, a mattress on the floor and a duvet <laughs> cover. Like there there <laughs> yeah, was nothing very simple. <laughs> n- like shabby nomadic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that she has a like, design point of view. Yeah, she's lucky um, to have you. And that's you. fine, because then I can come in and you can commandeer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but it was really nice to like, start fresh from scratch and decide together what our home would mm-hmm. look like. And now I think like even more so, I want to come back to our place here in Brooklyn and kind of give it that same treatment. Yeah. But it is very expensive to furnish from scratch in any, any size place. Oh my God. And you also
0: have, you know, great taste. So that doesn't make it cheaper.
1: Yeah. But I'm a, I'm a really good bargain shopper. I'll say that. And I, I hate that I keep plugging target, but I just like genuinely actually love target. And I think that their design is so strong, but they work with real well. New designers Nate like Burkes Nate Burkos, yeah, like amazing. Exactly, it's so good, and the quality is great. And yeah. the th- you know the prices like you really can't it's beat unbeatable. that for um, something that's actually like been touched by a designer. Right? Yeah, like their kind of capsule collections that been, they've been doing with Oh Joy mm-hmm. um, have been really really cute and yep. fun. I just think that they offer like a lot of great amazing well there's something for
0: everyone and i yeah. just finished designing my fire island apartment mm-hmm. and much of it came from target mm-hmm. and i go out to long island and the targets are huge exactly. there's so much space oh yeah. than, like the ones here in brooklyn it's the and best
1: thing about going to the suburbs I anywhere
0: fell in love, <laughs> always literally yeah. my the guy i'm dating and i were there for like Hours Mm -hmm. going through every every little lane and of course the home decor section. Yeah. And people always come over and they're like, Where did you get that marble lamp? I'm like, Target. Target, Yeah. And they're often like, is it plastic? I'm like, bitch, that is marble Mm -hmm. from Target. And it's beautiful. So I agree. You can really get a lot for your book there.
1: So yeah, it's all for me about like mixing and matching high and low. And I do that with my clothing too. I do that. Like that's my style point of view in general. Like, is a
0: mix and match. I
1: I love a brand. I love a designer. But yeah. like, for me, real style comes from mixing old and new. Uh-huh. And. High and low, and you know, that's where I think you can get really
0: creative, yeah. Rather than being all Chanel, right? Or all Tom okay. Dixon, like yeah. I wish, but no, yeah. <laughs> not realistic. Got it, yeah. So, how did you find yourself in this position in terms of what was your first creative adventure? What was your first job, actually? My did you first have an job embarrassing ever? job?
1: Um, you know, it, I like really haven't had. An embarrassing job. I started like doing what I'm doing very, very early on. I okay. think like if I, in high school, I um, worked for a jewelry designer and uh-huh. I actually like did photography for her site and for her line sheets and stuff. And I helped her create an identity package. And that was when I was like 16 years old. Wow. So, um, I mean, other than like, yeah, I guess that was my first real paying mm-hmm. job that I. Um, was doing something creative. And I think I knew very, very early on that I was going to be doing something in the arts and something in design. I didn't necessarily know what that would look like, but I went to college at Parsons School of Design mm-hmm. and I studied design and management there, which was like the perfect balance for me of business and, and art. And creativity. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it wasn't just, you know, painting and drawing. Like that. that would be great too. But for me, like I really wanted the balance of both. And so I went there, and I did an internship every semester that I was there. Um, I guess, actually, my one, like, funny job, when I first moved here, my first semester, freshman year of college, I worked at a Hebrew school. Really? Yeah, teaching. I taught a class of, like, second, fifth, and seventh graders. Do you speak Hebrew? I I did. Okay. I did when I first moved here 13 years <laughs> yeah, ago. I've kind of went. like fallen out of practice. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Um, I can still like read and write, but sure. I I'm sure I'm not fluent the way that I was. Yeah. Um, but also I was like teaching eight-year-olds, so yeah. you know. Di- different, <laughs> the level is different. <laughs> different level of uh vocabulary. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, I taught at a synagogue in the East Village. It was a lot of fun. Um but yeah, so I Went to Parsons, did a lot of internships. I interned at Chanel. I mm-hmm. interned at um, an architecture firm. I, I worked with like a very small um, startup doing creative consulting. Okay. And so... I had like a pretty broad range of experience by the time I graduated. And then when I graduated, I started working at a design firm doing brand strategy and design. And so that was a mix of graphic design and identity packages and then more like broad strategy. Um, And so I I started working there in 2008 and then about like you know, a few months later, the recession hit, mm-hmm. and everything went crazy in the world. And I still had my job there. Like, knock on wood, gripped by you know whatever luck that I had. Um, the luck being that I was actually just like the lowest paid person in the company. So <laughs> it's sure it, not it, true. It, no, that was. That li- was I true. mean, that was literally oh my true. Gosh. So it was more affordable
0: to, to keep, keep me and yeah.
1: pile you know the workload on work. Yeah, yeah, but the nature of our work. Changed a lot in that time. And so I went from doing things that were, like, super creative, inspiring, to, like, literally, it was the time where Bank of America was acquiring all of the regional banks, like the wow. Wachovias of uh-huh. the world.
0: Buying up and, the banks.
1: And the fleet banks, yeah. They yep. were they were acquiring all the banks. So my job then became... <laughs> This is. I feel so sad talking about this cause this is just like people's the, jobs being is, taken away. Well, but but, it's but not, the way it wasn't it, your decision. No. But it, the way it impacted me was that my job then became to um, update all of the regional bank signage to, to meet re-brand. Bank of America's standards. Oh my gosh! So I was I was designing like the ADA compliant signs
0: for the for banks. those banks. So they were on brand with Bank of America exactly
1: and. And, you know, I was very happy to be working, but it was so boring and and creatively uninspiring. (laughs)
0: Technically uninteresting. And it it was
1: very, I mean, it was just formulaic. And so around that time, I started blogging just to have my own creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And um, I was, you know, just writing for myself. I didn't even think about it being, like, a place where someone would look or that I would have an audience. It was your
0: own diary, have you? It was,
1: like... Pinterest before Pinterest, okay. I, like the idea that anyone would be looking at it literally
0: didn't cross your mind. Not at all. Wow. Like I,
1: it, it was NicoletteMason.blogspot, like yeah. <laughs> that I I was working in branding and literally paid no attention to yeah. the branding of my blog. Sure. And, um, you know, very quickly it did garner an audience and about a year into that, I was approached by an editor at Vogue Italia, and they asked me to contribute for their website and for Mm -hmm. their magazine as a New York correspondent. And soon after that, I was going to New York Fashion Week and London Fashion Week, Mm -hmm. and it just got to this point where I was getting um, really invested in fashion writing and uh, working in the fashion industry, and I really had never allowed myself to think that I could work full-time in the fashion industry or pursue a career in fashion because I just, I didn't see people like myself sure. and uh, being, you know, Middle Eastern and queer and overweight. And like, I literally did not think that I was allowed to work in fashion. And I think it was kind of a defense mechanism to steer away from that. Sure, that you're um, not good enough to be in Right. That. And then as it started like organically happening, I was like, you know what? I am going to do this full time, and mm-hmm. maybe it's really stupid. And it's 2010, and none of my friends even have jobs, and I'm choosing to quit mine. Yeah. But this is just bringing me so much more joy yeah, and happiness. happiness, and and I was still like very pragmatic about it. I um, told myself that I'd give myself a year deadline, and if Smart. things didn't happen, I would like go back to whatever to job. corporate job I could find. Mm-hmm. And I was babysitting that whole time. I was tutoring. I I actually, like, tutored all through college and then after as well um, for, like, just individual families. And... Um, I really tried to be pragmatic about it, but you
0: didn't just give up your whole life no, right no, no, no. and hope to make money. No,
1: <laughs> not at all. I I was I was freelancing. Yeah. I was like writing for any publication that would have me. Sure. And that was great because it allowed me to build a lot of the relationships mm-hmm. of, you know, companies and publications that I still work with today. Um, but 10 months from that point that I quit, like just a couple months shy of my 1-year deadline, um, Marie Claire contacted me. To uh, basically like take over a column of theirs at the That's time, incredible. So yeah, and, and that was five years ago. So and you've been it's doing been. That ever since. I've been doing it ever since. So it's been a really, really wild ride, and I can really say like I was in the right place at the right time, mm-hmm. and I was, you know, I I had enough audacity, I guess, to like do yeah. something really dumb. Take a risk that worked out. <laughs>
0: yeah, but you also were a. Th- Pursuing your own authenticity.
1: Yeah, exactly. You're your full
0: self online. Totally.
1: And, and I wasn't. And I wasn't like copying someone else's mm-hmm. pattern or, um, you know, there wasn't a recipe for success yet. Sure. For online publishing or yeah. being a digital influencer, like yeah. I was, you know, part of like the OG group group of <laughs> yeah of um, online publishers, and so that's just like very exciting. And I just I'm really proud that it worked out organically, and yeah. I wasn't following someone else's model.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if you have any advice for anyone who looks up to you or is an aspiring blogger or creative mm-hmm. consultant, what advice would you give that person?
1: Um, I, I think it's important, at least, to remember and recognize that a lot of people who are in this space came into it with a lot of privilege and mm-hmm. access. And that's something that I try to be really transparent about. Like, I, yes, I, I quit my job and I was tutoring and doing whatever I could to support myself, but also, like, I knew I had. Um, a little bit of a parachute in my family, sure. And, Should something um, go wrong. yeah, exactly. And and I think that's something that a lot of people aren't open enough about. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, like a lot of the people who have more recently come into the blogger, influencer, uh, digital publishing space, they they've come in with a lot of resources, mm-hmm. and so they're able to really like buy in and tap into a lot of the access points that then afford them the ability to do what they do. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And become more successful. So, um, yeah, I think that's an important piece to remember. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's very little in the way of like true meritocracy (laughs) in this day day and age. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and that's a shame, but it's just, it's It's right now the reality of it. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think it's in general just really important to kind of like put blinders on a little bit and stay authentic to yourself and to your voice and to your style because it's really easy to be distracted by what other people are sure, doing. to feel
0: jealous. Right, or, totally.
1: And like it. it's so true that comparison is the thief of joy, but I think it's also the thief of creativity mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, authentic creative expression. So... Um, I think it's it's great to have peers and to look at them as sources of inspiration, but definitely like not look at them yeah. as competition no. in in every respect. Like what success looks like for one person is so different for the next and for the other. Um, so you do you. Yeah, I mean,
0: you've got to be totally. authentic and honest. You
1: have to do you. Yeah, yeah, and
0: always have a backup plan, whether it's family if you're totally. lucky enough or. You know, another I job lined up. Job yeah, exactly. I I, that
1: I mean, yeah, that's that's how it was. Like when I first started, I was working my full time job, which at the time was like. It wasn't a forty-hour week. Yeah. It was probably like seventy or eighty sure. hours a week because ADA
0: of, compliance.
1: Like, yeah, I ha- had to get those signs done. I you never know, see a
0: Bank of America um, and not think of you. By yeah,
1: the yeah. The there's some. There's some good ones. Like the the Deloitte building oh in Manhattan. I did that big. The specs <laughs> on the big sign. And every anytime I'm like in a tall building, I'm like, I did that. That's me. That Deloitte sign is mine. I, I did the did specs for that. That. So. Um,
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, no, there's there's fun memories there, but um, yeah, but I, I was working yeah. seventy hours a week, and then I was spending my nights and weekends building my writing portfolio yeah. and literally freelancing for every platform that would let me write for exactly. Them. Um, and I think you know, like the idea that you can just quit and start something with no backup plan or without putting in those hundred-hour work mm-hmm. weeks. Um is not realistic for
0: most people. Yeah, unless you're a Kardashian, you don't just right. get everything without exactly. doing anything.
1: Yeah, I think so that's So right. it takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, but I do think the payoff is worth it.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about Allie. How did you two meet?
1: We met, we met online, um, on OKCupid okay at okay, a point stupid. where, yep, yep, yeah. we found love in a hopeless place, yeah, as I like to say. <laughs> so um, cute. But we met at a time when I actually like really was trying to just actively be single and date a lot and I like we met so on So you weren't
0: looking for a relationship?
1: Absolutely. I was literally looking for the opposite of a relationship. Okay. Yeah. I had like
0: on OKCupid. Yeah. Is that
1: what I mean, use it for? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. it's like queer cruising, Got I think. It. Or it was. I don't know what the new queer cruising There's is because so I've apps been out of it now.
0: Connect that um, with that. But so yeah. you are looking for fun. I
1: was just trying to, you know, trying to have fun. Mm-hmm. I've like always I'm a Taurus. I think that's important to say for the sake of
0: full <laughs> disclosure.
1: But um because I'm a Taurus, I've like kind of always been a serial monogamist uh-huh. and like gone from like one long-term relationship to, to the, the next. next and had really like never been single as an adult. And, which I mean that's great it's sure. you know love is wonderful but blah, the grass blah, is blah. always greener but yeah and so I had made a new year's resolution after like ending a, another relationship in like I don't know like the first week of December or something and then I took a trip to Thailand I was like my new year's resolution is to be single and so I like <laughs> set up my OkCupid okay no page no ever right I'm like <laughs> I just want to be single and have fun and so I set up this my OkCupid okay profile and I was like you know on the prowl to be single and um set up a bunch of dates mm-hmm. immediately i was like great monday wednesday friday like a yep. date for every Triple day of the week yourself. yeah yeah you don't you don't know what's gonna happen uh-uh. so um my first date that i went on as my you know new year's resolution was uh coming to a head was with Allie.
0: Did she message you or you messaged her? She messaged me. Get it, Allie.
1: And... She obviously had no idea what my plans were with your that. intentions, yeah. if um, your profile wasn't,
0: like, single and looking to stay right, single. Right, <laughs> DTF. Yeah. Um, no,
1: not at all. Uh, like, I don't want to be anyone's girlfriend. Yeah. I, actually, you know what? It probably did say that, but whatever. But that's more um,
0: attractive for people. I guess. Like a challenge. I don't, I
1: don't know. I mean, obviously my plan's spoiled because my first date <laughs> was January 4th and with Allie And then I like a week later canceled all of my other dates. I was like, well, I can't do, I can't go on any other dates because I'm going to marry this person. What
0: you knew in the first week,
1: I think within like a month of meeting each other, I, I was just talking about this yesterday. Actually, it's really funny But within a month of meeting each other, we were in my building, like, going into the elevator with my dog, Frankie, who is, like, the best pug in the world, and taking her out for a walk. And Allie looked at me and went, oh, my God. I'm like, what? Like, what's wrong? Like, why are you looking at me like that? And I, like, freak out. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, something awful is on my face or something. Right. Like, I had no idea. And she, like... Turned around. She was like, no, I can't say it. I can't say it. I was like, well, now you have to tell me. You can't do that. It's like the worst cliffhanger ever. And I'm about to get in this elevator of doom. (laughs) So um, she was like, I just had this vision that I was going to marry you. Um, wow. she like, I think you're the person I want to marry. And I was like, you're a freak of nature. Like I just <laughs> met you get away from me. Um, and, and for like the first couple of months, I'm like, we're not in a relationship. Yeah. We're just dating and having fun. Yeah. And, and then ultimately, and like, she told me that she loved me really quickly after wow. I was like, stop. True, true to form. Yeah, lesbian. Like, Totally. Bam, 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 bam. Oh my God. Um, no, right. it was, it was very intense, but like I really resisted that for but you so were long.
0: It. You just resisted it.
1: I was totally feeling it. Like yeah. internally, I was like, oh yeah, we're definitely gonna get married. But externally, I was still trying to like cling on to my New Year's yes. resolution. I was Your like, singleness. We're just having fun. I'm single. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <This> <laughs> is three months casual. later
1: she moved in. So oh you know, was I really three months. It was, let's see. No, it was like five months.
0: Stereotypes are so true. It's you crazy. Know,
1: but we're married.
0: No, it worked. So it obviously. worked. It's
1: not like we you hauled in and then you hauled out.
0: No, true. So, is that is that common for lesbians?
1: I don't know. By uh, usually by that point you like, 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 like adopt a cat and then it becomes really complicated. And then it's real. But you have a cat. I already had a cat. Okay. So um, I already had a cat and a dog. You didn't get a cat together. No, no. Got it. We didn't we didn't get any animals together yet.
0: So you met online, dated, she proclaimed love very early on. You like freaked two out. Weeks in. Then you moved in together. Yeah. And then you were, when, how did the proposal happen?
1: Uh, the proposal, Ali proposed to me, but okay. it was definitely a conversation sure. before, like, uh, you know, soon after Ali is like, oh my God, we're going to get married. I was like, yeah, actually, we probably are going
0: to get Aww. married. And um, She's I think, such a romantic. Kind, yeah, but kind I've, of. I don't I don't think that when I think of her, but yeah, this story. She
1: is kind of. Like a
0: secret romantic.
1: Totally. <laughs> Emotionally romantic. Yes, exactly. Um she's not one for gestures, but ah. like she's definitely emotional and verbal mm-hmm. and like that's really great. Um but yeah, where were we in the timeline engagement? So Who proposed to who? Ali proposed to me and it was <laughs> really of just a whole funny thing. I won't get into all of the details, but basically she like blindfolded me and took me to the Upper East Side. And then we went to brunch without the blindfold Mm -hmm. at Sarah Beth's, And then we went to the Met without the blindfold um, and walked around the whole museum. And Ali was like, oh, show me your favorite paintings, blah, blah. blah. And obviously I'm like, of course you blindfolded me for like a specific reason. I know what that reason is. So I was just like, Oh, here's a beautiful painting by Degas yeah. about a wedding. And I'm like, <laughs> like, is this happening now? What's going yeah. on? She's just like so nervous and jittery. And we went through the whole museum, left, and then on the steps outside the Met she Alley proposed. Aww. And I have no idea what she said. I just know that she took out a ring and I was like sobbing. No, no, there was okay. no knee thing. Got it. Um, Just like took out a ring, started talking, and I like blocked it out. It was
0: blurry for you.
1: Yeah, it was raining. It was like such a New York romantic moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anyone around us noticed, and honestly thank god because that would I'm be sure weird i don't know i literally blocked out oh, i don't remember you were,
0: like getting sick and hyperventilating
1: <laughs> right they didn't know what right. was going on I'm like why are these two dykes crying <laughs> on the steps of the met um
0: <laughs> <Gaulle's> really moving <laughs> yeah
1: exactly well yeah but yeah it was it was a sweet moment and it was um like the week of christmas my mm-hmm. family was in new york um, parts of Ali's family were in New York, so that night we all went to dinner together. together and, and then we actually came here to the White and had drinks with their friends on, on the, the rooftop. rooftop.
0: It's so beautiful.
1: Yeah, it was perfect.
0: And so, is that partially why you selected the Whites to get married? Yeah to your neighborhood. Um
1: it's our neighborhood. It's where we we met and fell in love. So Your first date was here? No, no, no. Oh. No. That
0: would be like our full circle.
1: our first date. No, that would have been a much <laughs> chicer first date than what <laughs> than we what had. what happened. Um our first <laughs> actual date was at south fourth bar which you've probably never been to because no. there's not really any reason to go no offense okay. to south fourth bar <laughs> i'm sure it's a lovely establishment yeah but i just like it's, it's just yeah and we went there at like 4 p.m i that think was was, i was i was this decision <laughs> um that's, that's why i usually plan taste. things <laughs> right that's why i'm usually the planner but got it um yeah, I was like, that was, you know, another part of my single thing. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to take control. Yeah. Like, I'm going to let other people make decisions because I'm so tired. Tired of
0: making decisions.
1: Not tired of making decisions. I was just, like, trying to adjust my um, my approach. Okay. Uh, and, you know, like, in, in, in making it casual, it was like, I'm not going to care about where we
0: go. I'm yeah. not going to
1: care about...
0: Where We end up. I'm gonna so, live this single fabulous life, right? For, and for, here we for three are. Three days lost it lasted. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so she proposed, and you said yes, obviously. In yeah, tears, I said and yes. Then you, I think I said yes. You booked the Wythe Hotel first.
1: Um, did you look so at so we things? did? We looked at a few other venues. Yeah. Um, some were just like too big, some didn't really feel like us. Mm-hmm. Um, and but we were looking pretty early, and like you know, New York venues tend to book very, very quickly.
0: Year, year and a half out. At
1: least, yeah. yeah some of them two years. For, further out than that, yeah. We knew that we wanted to have a spring wedding, um, because I really like peonies, and I wanted them to be in season. <laughs> and you know, which when is they actually are. like a very important note. If if there's like a flower that you love or something, and you, you're really dead set on it being part of your floral arrangements it's good yep. for it to be in season yeah otherwise um, you
0: pay an insane oh amount of money oh my god it's crazy. So, a season like 20 dollars at stem. least yeah
1: crazy it's really crazy so um i had been to one wedding here at the wife and i just like i loved i loved the hotel in general mm-hmm. i really loved the space um I come here a lot with Allie. I take a lot of meetings here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we met with Nicole, who is one of the events managers here. And um, she was like, you know, like your wedding's really far away. Like we don't book more than six months out. And I was like, but by that point like everything else is going to be be booked booked. and how am i supposed to like book my other vendors Mm -hmm. if it's only six months like how am i going to get our family to like commit to come so there were just like so many loose ends that i literally begged them to let us change their policy yeah to change the policy like please let us book more than (laughs) more than six months so we booked a year out and then immediately booked erica beckman Mm -hmm. from clean plate for for our photos and um so we started with, like, those big things yeah. first. Um, and we worked with Lady Fingers Letterpress, mm-hmm. which is, like, an amazing so pretty. print and calligraphy studio. And they're also a, a queer couple. So that was another part of our, um, mm-hmm. you know, checklist and process. Um, and, and from there, like, everything kind of started falling into place. And I think it was really, like the last 6 months or so before that's when i met you mm-hmm. um and when we started taking care of like the smaller details yeah. um but yeah like the venue and photographer i felt like was so important to do early early sure, on the ones once they're gone they're
0: gone
1: gone they're gone and like that's i mean that determines everything else cuz it determines
0: your the space guest yeah channel. Everything. Everything. And now I think they have changed their policy. I don't know if you can do a little hair flip, but you can definitely book here more than six months out, which is exciting. You're
1: welcome other couples getting married, I guess. Um, But yeah, yeah. I mean, six months. You can definitely plan a wedding in six months.
0: I'm doing one in three months. Yeah. I mean,
1: you can definitely do that. But we just, there was so much planning to do in terms of travel Mm -hmm. because my family is all on the West Coast. And We want to give people enough time to like plan that and
0: to be able to come. Yeah.
1: We really try to make things like to be as considerate as possible in our wedding planning. Even like that was part of why we decided to get married in New York because most of our friends are here. We want it to be like as easy as possible for for them to show up. Sure. Um, Because weddings are, they're obviously a big expense for people who are getting married, Mm -hmm. but they're also a big expense for people who are attending. Absolutely. Um, we were just like hyper-conscious of that and we didn't want our wedding to feel like a burden. Yeah. Um, Because it is just, it's a party and it's a decision that we made and we wanted it to be like the most fun that it could be for everyone involved. And it
0: was, it was a big pink party. It was so fun. So let's talk about, were you the girl that's grown up always thinking about your wedding? Was it planned since you were a kid? Absolutely not. I
1: never, truthfully, Mm -hmm. I never ever even like thought I was going to get married. Okay. Like I would imagine like having a family, but I didn't necessarily have a partner and I didn't have a wedding. And I think part of that it's it, like I've talked to other friends of mine and that seems to be like a very common thing with um like queer identifying people mm-hmm. where there just like wasn't an example and there At wasn't all. a paradigm of what a gay relationship looks like. Yeah. And so you know, the way that, like, my child brain responded to that was like, oh, well, whatever I am, like, they, we don't have it a wedding. It not exist
0: for me. Yeah. We yeah. don't
1: have a relationship. We don't yeah. have a wedding. So, I never, ever grew up, like, imagining what that would look yeah. like. And, um, you know, my friends certainly would. They were like, oh, sure. you're going to be my bridesmaid. You're going to be my bridesmaid. And I'm like, well, you're not going to be my bridesmaid because I'm not going to have married. any. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, True to form, I ended up not having bridesmaids. Yeah. Made, so I which stuck is, to that promise. I always
0: recommend that. It's so much easier.
1: It's, e- yeah, well, it's not even that it's easier. Honestly, like, everyone who was at our wedding was someone who was really important to our lives. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I going to pick Six the three people, five or five Yeah, exactly, yeah. or five people to, like, mm-hmm. stand up there with me because there, there was no one who we invited who was not a very important, important part of our life. lives. You couldn't
0: draw a line. No. Which is totally reasonable. Yeah,
1: like... Uh, that was just my approach. And so, you know, we just had our families up with us, which mm-hmm. I think worked out really well and it was beautiful. And um, my sister and Allie's sister ended up wearing like the same color, which, like, Perfect. that was nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, that
0: just happened. It wasn't yeah. planned.
1: Yeah. I mean, I like maybe said, you know, Jenny, yeah. this,
0: this <laughs> color may swap. I maybe alluded. I maybe
1: suggested.
0: <laughs> I maybe suggested. But they were able, <laughs>
1: they picked their own things. That yeah. was fine. I didn't like, say this style this color is just yeah.
0: like, great this so you know. i think the crowning moment of your wedding there were so many beautiful things and i'll post a bunch of photos that i have on the on the mm-hmm. blog of slash podcast so we can relive your wedding um, but your dress i My mean dress. it was blush and sparkly yeah. and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Tell me everything there is to know about this dress.
1: Um, so my dress was definitely a fun part of the wedding planning process. Honestly, like everything I wore, like that was something I was really excited mm-hmm. about because I work in fashion. My yeah. career is sharing fashion and style. Um, and also, he, it was hard to find something off the rack that sure. one, was my size, and yep. two, that felt really creative and like authentic to me.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I did actually, I had a really amazing experience doing a fitting at Kleinfeld mm-hmm. um, here in, in the city. And they, I just like can't recommend them enough because they actually have a full range of sizes for people to try on, That's which great. is really unusual. No, it's not just sample um, size
0: or. Yeah,
1: exactly. So um, I did get to try on a lot of different styles, but I, I'm just, like, I'm really not a traditional bride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was not. And so um, Christian Siriano is a very good friend of mine. He's one of my best friends. And he's obviously, like, an incredibly talented mm-hmm. designer. And he does beautiful couture. And uh, bridal is a big part of his business. He yeah. actually has since launched a line with Kleinfeld, um, which is a full bridal collection. And That's amazing. Just gorgeous, gorgeous gal. Yeah. Um, but... I like immediately knew that I had to work with him yeah. on creating um, my wedding dress, and so I knew I wanted to be blush pink, I knew I wanted some crystals. there were things that I had on the checklist, and yep. I kind of gave those to him and then let him let create. him do what he does yeah, and it worked out beautifully like i I honestly can't imagine having worn anything else like it's it was exquisite.
0: just exquisite it
1: was. It was so beautiful, and it just like felt like me. Mm-hmm. Like, I I literally there's like a lot of things that I can say in retrospect, like oh I should have done this differently, I should have done that differently. Like my dress is one point where I just like can't imagine having it been anything any else. different. And you lit up just wearing
0: like, it, like was, you can see it, it and see so how much happy fun. you are.
1: I just like. I wish I could wear it every day. I might, yeah. you know. I was going to ask, have you Why worn not? it since? I haven't worn it since. Would you but cut it
0: and wear it or dye it or like do no. something, repurpose it? No. no.
1: I want it to be like exactly what it is for the rest of Forever. my life yeah okay so i'll definitely bring it back out and play for something um but it's like a very big poofy gown yeah with a lot of crystals i want to wear it. and rose gold <laughs> applique
0: it's um, so pretty
1: yeah it was it was great and then he just got married this weekend too so i got to wear like a kind of a more traditional wedding look mm-hmm. for well, that because white, they. Right? yeah the so So Christian and his now husband, who's one of my best friends, Brad Walsh, they um, had an all-white wedding. They Which wore is so black.
0: Chic. I love that. Yeah,
1: the two of them wore black suits. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so chic, and just like the photos and videos look the incredible. Contrast. Yeah. Oh my god. My They're, friend Mackenzie so Miller great. Yes. did the video. I just saw it yeah. way over
0: here. Yeah. Did you watch it? She was it? great.
1: It, oh my god, she did an amazing job. It's <laughs> yeah. on brides.com. Yeah. And it's just beautiful. Yeah. But um, so I was one of the groom's maids. They called us. I love it. And Christian designed a white dress for each of us to wear oh for my that gosh. and I didn't so, know you designed all of your outfits. Yeah all of the groomsmaids were wearing Sirogana. So um yeah so I did get to wear a white dress for
0: one you thing. You had a bridal and then you I had, a had bridal it on Instagram. Moment. And I think yeah. some people thought you you got it. A lot of people were like
1: Congratulations. <laughs> I'm like um where have you been? I'm already, I'm married. already married. Yeah. It did that. Someone thank asked you so like much. Oh, this is so pretty, but why are you having a second wedding a year later? I'm like <laughs> I'm not. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like one year. I mean, I'm for sure gonna have another wedding. Okay. I already know that. Five
0: year, ten year. Maybe
1: five, ten, twenty. Who knows? Who knows? Doesn't matter. Okay. But you know, like I have a whole other vision for Palm Springs <laughs> planned. Oh yeah. Um, I want a desert wedding. Absolutely.
0: Also.
1: So it'll probably be to Alley, but still. Who yeah. Knows?
0: And <laughs> Ooh. I'm a realist. Juicy. You just have to be.
1: You know. No, it. it Allie is on the same page with this. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it was. I don't remember where I was going with that. We
0: were talking about you wearing white. People thought you had a. Second oh yeah. Wedding. That yeah. you were groom's maid is what they called you. Groomsmaids. Because yes. they're grooms and you're the maids. Mm-hmm. I love that.
1: Yeah, it was. It was a lot of
0: fun. That's so great. We have um, one question online mm-hmm. from Instagram. Yeah. Let's so hear I it. think we should answer that. Mm-hmm. Most of the comments weren't questions. They were, one person said, <laughs> Ask me when I can get my dress back. Right. Gorgeous. Right, I saw that.
1: that and it dress. was from a guy. I Kelly. was like, You're yeah. not getting my dress <laughs> ever. Yeah. Thanks, Sorry about Kelly. It, Kelly.
0: She's chic, though. So, yeah. you know. Um, ask her her opinion for plus size capsule wardrobes.
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, In general or about bridal?
0: That's all it says. I think in general. Because I don't think your picture I posted, it's of your wedding, screams bridal. So I think in general.
1: So um, I think... for me the most important thing for a person of any size is to just like really define what your style is and Mm -hmm. um, I think what's challenging for people who aren't a sample size or like aren't represented in in the mainstream is that it's hard to find examples of other bodies that look like us Yeah, Um, and so that's something that's been really fun for me because like that's been my whole livelihood is um, being that example for other women And um, so defining your style, I think, is the first step. And then identifying style icons is the second one. Smart. And um, building your capsule, whatever that looks like, based on that style. Mm -hmm. Because there are really so many more options now for people of all sizes to shop and to create their style. I think that's something that's changed a lot in the last few years just because... Like there weren't a lot of places to shop if you were sure. above a size twelve. Yeah, and so your style was limited to you know suits or cocktail dresses yeah. or like club wear, yeah. and that was, and that it. was it. Yeah, um, I think that's why so many people just like default to like cardigans mm-hmm. over you know something it's plain. Easy. Yeah, yeah, because there just weren't places to shop. Um, but now that there are options, I think it, there's so many more opportunities to get creative. And like for me, my my wardrobe foundations are just like great, easy black dresses, and I have them in every single shape. Mm-hmm. Um, a motorcycle jacket is like so essential to me. I would wear my leather jacket every day if the weather if permitted. <laughs> yeah, um, and and then just like having fun with the rest, like. Mm-hmm. I don't really believe in in like basics for everyone. I don't really wear basics. Like, yeah. I'm kind of besides like my black dresses. I'm kind of a statement dresser. And you like, are. I love novelty pieces. Color I love some bling. Yeah. Um. And so my capsule wardrobe looks very very different than what like any fashion editor I know would actually suggest sure. for
0: for someone <laughs> for
1: someone else. That's amazing. Yeah. Though, so but you I do just think it's important love. to have fun. Yeah. yeah. Like for me. The, the most important thing with fashion is to just like be creative and express your inner self and be authentic and that's it. Like yeah. I, I'm not into the rules of dressing. I think most of them are oppressive mm-hmm. and stupid and like the idea that you have to be a certain size to wear white or to wear stripes is just like it's so ludicrous. boring yeah. to me. Um, so I kind of like throw those all out the window and like if it brings you joy, wear it. I
0: love that. I I feel like that's my
1: approach for just everything in in life in general brings you joy do it you
0: do you and the rest will follow well this has been so much fun I know you have to jet set off to LA I know
1: I have a flight where can people find
0: you Um, on Twitter you you can
1: find me on on Twitter on Instagram on Snapchat all of it is Nicolette Mason no Mm -hmm. spaces just my name Right now, um my website is Nicolette Mason.com. Not
0: dot No,
1: I've I've <laughs> since upgraded. upgraded to my own domain. <laughs> um uh, and yeah, I'm all over the place. I'm easy to find.
0: Well I will continue to follow along in all Thank of your journeys you. and wish you nothing but the best.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Yep.
0: Bye. Bye. Weddings ish. Thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, listening, and downloading Weddings-ish with Jove. It means the world to me to have you uh, listening and supporting this podcast. If you have Any questions about wedding planning or any topics you'd like us to cover or anything uh, you'd like to hear about, please send us an email, podcast at events.com or tweet us at jovemeyer. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at jovemeyer and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate it if you would take a moment and leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. Thanks so much. Weddings-ish. The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Wed-ish. Weddings-ish.